Yup, it's hot. It's been hot, and it will continue to be hot. This is way over our heads, weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing? Am I keeping my cool, Jim? I don't know. How are you? (laughs) I'm trying to keep my cool, but Kenny, as you know, and I'm sure many of our listeners know, this is my kind of weather. I love it. Oh, yeah. Bring on the heat. Oh, yeah. It's like... Jim is out and about and loving it. Yeah, no, it's, you know, and it's been a good month for you, Jim. It Um, has. The Twin Cities through June 15th has been, uh, I believe it's the uh, eighth or ninth warmest on record. That's that's using average daily temperatures. So we're up there. It's uh, it's been warm and it's similar in St. Cloud. And out west in Milan, and listeners may know, we talk about Milan every once in a while because it's it's out in Chippewa County. It's an old cooperative observer. They've been around for 125 years or more taking daily weather observations, and it's rural, and they've got great records. Don't have to worry about an urban heat island with them. And so far, their June to date is the warmest on record. They've had some astounding temperatures out there. So it's it's been warm. This has been a uh, a Jim Dubois special. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been warm, and of course we've got more on the way. Not sure when most people will hear this, but uh, certainly the middle of this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, have promises and touches of hot weather uh, returning. And even as we look into the future, it's murky. But uh, there's some signs that we're going to at least have bouts of hot conditions through uh, the end of the month. Now, of course, we've already had a few 90-degree highs. We'll have a few more this week. What's the normal number per season of 90-plus? Is that about 13 or so for the Twin Cities area, Kenny? Yeah, you know, for it depends on how you do it. But when we, when we use the averages, which is kind of our preferred method, at least locally, uh, it's around 13 when you use, and it also depends on, well, are we just using the 30 years, the average from 1981 through 2010, or should we just take every year on record? Depending on how you do it, it is between 12 and 14. If you use the smoothing approach that the federal government uses, uh, it comes to a lower number. And that's because kind of what they're what they're saying is, you know, the, the Twin Cities airport is artificially warmed by its own environment. And if we could turn back the clock a little bit, we'd remove some of the warming it's seen and it would have one or two fewer really hot days. But that's a, that's a totally hypothetical because we are where we are. And if we live in an urban heat island, we live in an urban heat island. But it seems to be um, when you just use the raw data, you know, 12 to 14 days, 12 to 13 days. 90 or higher in the Twin Cities. And of course, if you go out to Western Minnesota, you, you, you're looking at more like 20 in a typical season. You know, the area, especially west of the Minnesota River, uh, but including the Minnesota River too, basically once you get into the kind of, uh, the flat lands, the, the prairies, and it's, you've got longer horizons, you've got less shade and you've got more wind, um, where the air really mixes, you get you get hot conditions. Uh, you know, in many cases, fifty percent more than you would get in, say, the the Twin Cities and in East Central Minnesota. 
And of course, up in northern Minnesota, you only expect a handful of days each year above 90, with the exception of the parts of the northwest where it's also still pretty common. But in international falls, really generally five days or fewer. Duluth area is because of the lake. It's similar. Uh, and then into the north, north woods areas where there's no lake, you know, maybe between five and 10 days. So that's kind of the, we're running a little bit ahead of normal in a lot of areas, but we did lose. We did, we didn't have any hot days really in May. It all kind of just started here in June. So while June has been off to a faster clip than normal and is running warm, we had some catching up to do. We didn't get any 90s in most areas except for far western Minnesota in April or May. So that's where we stand with heat and we got some more on the way. Is it just my imagination, Kenny, or is it windier than we normally would experience in June? It's not your imagination. Uh, wind is an interesting thing. We did some did some uh, analysis of this yesterday. So the average wind this time of year should be around nine and a half miles an hour. That's you know just based on historical averages. It doesn't mean at any given moment. It just is the historical average for. The first part of June is nine and a half miles an hour. We're up around 11. Now that sounds small, uh, like a small difference, but it's actually, it's over a 15% increase in wind speed. But here's the thing, Jim, what we feel and what we experience, and when you see things blowing, you're not actually seeing the wind speed, you're seeing the wind's energy, or in some cases you might be feeling the wind's force. But whether you're talking about energy or force, it takes some listeners back to physics, and they might <laughs> I'll try and keep this from being too uh, deeply scientific. But the <laughs> the effect of the wind, its force or its or its pressure or its energy, is actually related to the square of its velocity, and not the velocity itself. So, and all that means is, if the wind is say ten miles an hour. And then on one day and then the next day, the wind is 20 miles an hour. Although the wind is two times faster on that 20 mile an hour day, it actually would feel or appear to be four times because you're going by the square of two. It would appear to be four times stronger. And so we notice incremental increases in wind speed a lot more than than what you would infer just going by an anemometer. So it's been about 15 to 20 percent windier in terms of wind speeds, but that wind has been 30 to 40 percent stronger. So it's, uh, if that makes sense, it's just the way that these quantities work out. So yes, it has been windy by any measure. And also even a 1.5 mile an hour difference in wind speed, just remember that that would be sort of theoretically averaged over all of the hours that we've had this month. So that's, you know, 15 days times 24 hours. So it's an average hourly. So it's actually quite a lot. And knowing that wind is, you know, variable and gusty sometimes. Um, yeah, you could definitely make the case it's been it's been windy. I don't know if it's the windiest early June we've ever had, but it certainly is windy. Well, it certainly has been windy, and in many parts of the state, it's also quite dry. Is that combination of dry conditions and strong winds dangerous from a fire standpoint? 
Um, yeah, we're you know nearing critical fire weather conditions in parts of western Minnesota where it's been dry and now it's hot and windy. Uh, you don't have a lot of forests and we're in mostly agricultural production now. So there's a lot of water kind of being pumped through the land. But uh, anything that wasn't being irrigated and that did not have active photosynthesis, so dead vegetation, all of that would be quite susceptible to fire. And that's also true in kind of the dry areas of uh, north central Minnesota, areas that did not get a good dousing last week. Although, we, you know, last week was pretty wet in the northwestern third of Minnesota going right into that would include the areas in Kuchiching and St. Louis counties that had been very dry. They got, in some cases, several inches of rain. So, you know, as you get into summer, fiery conditions tend to get less uh, substantial. Not always, but they generally do because there's just more green vegetation on the land and it's it's much harder to desiccate and then burn active vegetation than, than say, dormant or dead vegetation. We still at least officially, that might change a little bit this week, but the U.S. Drought Monitor, at least officially, has north-central and west-central Minnesota in a moderate drought. So it has been dry. You know, not not the whole state, but there's a little nugget, about 13 14% uh, out in the Alexandria-Morris areas in west-central Minnesota, and then up around, uh, you know, just kind of east and north of Grand Rapids in parts of St. Louis and also Cass counties, where it's been pretty dry. So Kenny, you and I last week were eagerly anticipating the arrival of the remnant eye of tropical storm Cristobal, and uh, we were kind of speculating as to what that might bring to the region. How did that end up developing, and uh, what did we see as a result of the last parts of that tropical storm coming into the region? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I'll just admit right off the bat that it's hard to meet my expectations because when something gets really exciting or we have a lot of potential meteorologically, my imagination starts to run wild. And I think, especially when you combine what could happen with what we see on the weather models, I often end up disappointed. The Twin Cities area did not see very much precipitation from Cristobal, but Southeast Minnesota did. In parts of Winona and Fillmore counties, we had two to four and a half inches of rain. We had flooding, landslides. Uh, There were some highways, uh, state highways and local roads that had to be closed temporarily. Um, Near the entrance to Whitewater State Park, there was landslide-related damage. So there was a lot of rain. It was a steady rain. The eye itself, or what was left of it, passed over kind of the La Crosse, Wisconsin area. So it didn't actually hit Minnesota, but this is to our knowledge, the farthest northwest that any tropical system has gone since we've been able to keep records, and that's over 100 years. It's it's over 120 years. And uh, so it was the closest that Minnesota has been to an eye of a tropical weather system actually hitting or passing near the state. And it was also the only time that we know of where we had precipitation that was directly related to that tropical system. So, you know, the eye was off just to the southeast of Minnesota, but its precipitation was thrown back over the northwest side and was hitting southeast Minnesota hard. And usually, we've talked about this, the uh, tropical depressions or tropical disturbances or whatever's left over from a tropical storm or hurricane 
often they will sort of seed our local precipitation producing weather systems with more moisture. They'll import more moisture from the regions where those tropical weather remnant systems are. But it's, again, almost unprecedented that the actual precipitation from the system comes up into Minnesota. We, we don't know for sure, but we think this was the only time on record. So it was really unusual in that way. Uh, its footprint was a little bit smaller than I think a lot of us thought it was going to be. Um, the, some of the weather models had a heavier shield of precipitation going a bit farther northwest. In fact, almost all of them did. In any case, it's going to be, you know, from a climatological standpoint, this is the event to beat for the year because uh, although we might end up with a you know major drought or heat waves or tornadoes or who knows what kind of blizzards we'll get, those are all part of Minnesota's normal climate. What was so spectacular, Jim, is we had we had something that's not part of Minnesota's normal climate come and you know even though it missed the majority of the state, the fact that it even happened is remarkable. So so. Tropical depression, Cristobal, affecting Minnesota directly is currently the story to beat for 2020. I'm sure we will be recapping that event when we talk about the top weather events of 2020, and that'll be coming up uh, sometime early in 2021. So we'll, uh, we'll see what transpires between now and then. And Kenny, we're recording this on Tuesday morning, mid-morning, that's Tuesday the 16th of June. What can we look forward to for the rest of the week? Yeah. Okay. So Tuesday, if anyone hears this on Tuesday, this won't be a news flash to them because they'll already be in it. It's going to be hot. It's going to be a hot day across almost the whole state. Uh, usually you get some air conditioning off of Lake Superior, but we're expecting kind of southerly winds or southwesterly winds that would blow parallel to or not, not off of the lake. And so even northeastern Minnesota looks like it's going to get kind of toasty and that's Tuesday. So expect on Tuesday, expect deep 90s and some 100s in far western Minnesota where it's normally hottest. This is the Buffalo Ridge area of southwest Minnesota and the areas in the kind of plains and prairies along and east of the Minnesota River. So kind of typical areas that normally get quite hot. When um, we get into Wednesday, I think it'll be even hotter on a more regional, kind of more widespread basis. Again, probably, you know, in the Arrowhead region, maybe it'll only be in the mid to high 80s, but we could see 90s right up to the international border Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon and evening, you start to get heavy precipitation and severe thunderstorms working into northwest Minnesota. And then when uh, we get into Thursday, that cold front kind of slides through the state, more thunderstorms. It's unclear right now if they're going to be heavy or severe. There's a, a couple things kind of depending on that. Eastern Minnesota will remain hot and humid, or at least humid, on Thursday. And then we'll probably clear it out and have a much uh, calmer, nicer day on Friday. There's no really spectacular severe weather expected this week. I mean, going to see some big thunderstorms up in northwest Minnesota, but uh, the kind of severity that we saw the previous week doesn't look like it's going to return. And we've got some kind of iffy convective potential in the Twin Cities area for Thursday. But then, you know, the weekend looks a little bit cooler, although also potentially rainy, especially on Saturday. And then we get into kind of an iffy active pattern where 
the long-range meteorologists say we're going to stay hot on and off through the end of the month. The weather models currently don't necessarily support that, so we'll have to kind of wait and see. But uh, hot Tuesday, hot Wednesday, and then kind of a mix depending on where you are in the state on Thursday. Well, if you're like me, you can rejoice in the hot weather, but you also want to be cautious if you're outside. Make sure you stay hydrated and be aware of uh, any uh, feelings you may have of the onset of uh, heat exhaustion or heat stroke. Yes. Uh, but anyway, we yeah. will, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll savor this weather while we can for those of us who enjoy it. And uh, it sounds like we may get a little bit of relief from the hot weather, you said, later in the week and uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at least that's how it looks now. There is a cold front that's going to come through. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to get crisp and Canadian, but um, it's certainly not going to be in the 90s through the weekend. We don't see any imminent return of the 90s, although, again, next week looks uh, a little bit up for grabs. So, yeah, I think you're right, though, about it's always good to point out when you have heat, you've got to stay hydrated and avoid dehydration, drink lots of water, stay cool, find a way to get inside. At least the first two days, it's really going to be a pretty dry heat, which is why we have some fire danger in western Minnesota. But on Thursday, especially in eastern Minnesota, the humidity is going to kick up and it will feel kind of muggy too. Well, Kenny, have a wonderful week and we will check in with you next week. Yeah, all right. Thanks. You too, Jim. We'll talk to you next time and see how it went. This is Way Over Our Heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Enjoy the warm weather. We'll talk to you next week.